From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Freeman Report on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hello and welcome to the Freeman Report, the show that puts the world's leading scientists, doctors, politicians and expert commentators right at the heart of today's news talk and our fight for freedom, liberty and justice. I'm your host, James Freeman, and on today's Freeman Report, we'll be discussing a political and establishment cover-up that rivals the post office scandal, the contaminated blood scandal, and the yet-to-be-acknowledged mRNA jab scandal. It is one of the most shocking and despicable tales in recent British history, as its victims are some of the most vulnerable in our society. Young British girls from working class backgrounds were, and still are, being groomed, raped, abused by organised gangs of grown men, mainly of Pakistani origin. Now, to me, it does still feel uncomfortable saying that, accusing a particular ethnic group of crimes such as these. But this is the truth, and it is a truth that has been presenting itself now for many years. Girls as young as 11 years old have been targeted in towns up and down the UK since the late 1980s. So it's been going on for a very long time now. Girls groomed and then passed around by predatory men. Now, evidence of these crimes was first noted in the early 1990s, although it took nearly 20 years for the first high-profile trial to take place. It is despicable that the perpetrators were able to gain access to these girls in the first place, particularly given that it took place on such an industrial scale up and down the UK. In a 2014 report into the scandal, it was estimated that 1,400 children had been affected. However, by 2019, these estimates had reached 19 thousand children that were affected. The independent newspaper in the UK called it an epidemic of child sexual exploitation. However, the most shocking part, if that wasn't shocking enough about this story, is that it's been allowed to continue taking place by the police, by the support services, by politicians and by the judicial system more widely. It is really quite astonishing that after reports revealed what was going on, that it has been allowed to continue. And not only has it been allowed to continue, but there is overwhelming evidence of police actively covering up crimes and of politicians doing the same. Some of the cover-ups were a case of police having links with the perpetrators and therefore actively ignoring reports from the girls, while others refused to escalate and deal with the crimes for being um, for being fearful of accused of racism and causing tensions between communities. And the cover-up went right to the highest echelons of the establishment. Um, One Labour MP, um, Naz Shah, went as far as publicly saying that the white victims of Muslim rape gangs 
should stop talking openly about their experiences for the sake of diversity and community cohesion. And like all cover-ups of this magnitude, the victims never had a voice. And when they did try and speak up, they were ignored. Teenage white girls from poor backgrounds, often already in vulnerable situations that made them easy pickings. Now, in preparation for today's show, I watched a documentary called The Rape of Britain by Urban Scoop, which is Tommy Robinson's media platform. In the opening scene, Tommy is giving a speech outside of the Old Bailey Court of Justice in London back in 2018. He points to the words written in stone above the entrance of the court and reads them to the large crowd. The words say, we will defend the children of the poor and punish the wrongdoer. Tommy's anger and emotion in the video is visible as he speaks to the crowd. Now, watching Tommy animate the crowd once again forces me to ask the question why the establishment hate and fear Tommy. The mainstream media tell us it's because he's a violent thug. But is that the real reason? Tommy openly admits um, to being brought up in a community of football hooliganism as a young man. He talks about it. He talked about it when he appeared on the Freeman Report before Christmas. And he admits that this had an impact on him and that he did things as a young man that he regrets now. Now, watching videos of him raising this issue over the course of a decade and looking through the multiple investigations that he's completed and published on the topic, it does shine a different light on how he is treated now by the establishment. Yes, his message can be raw and direct at times, delivered in a very confrontational manner at times. But is this really why he is banned from even being in our capital city. Some of the investigations that Tommy has completed also put him right at the center of a violent gang world. Some of the videos I've seen where, he, the, the, where he's been involved in confrontations do look troubling, as when he's confronted, he does not back down. But I now find myself asking if Tommy's demeanor is the reason why he has been able to confront this terrible issue that has ruined the lives of thousands of young girls up and down the UK. Tommy speaks truth to power. He exposes their attempts to cover things up and he has no fear. And if there's one thing that the establishment fear more than anything else, it's people like Tommy who are able to mobilize and animate the masses without fear. I'm therefore delighted that he's agreed once again to appear on today's Freeman Report to give us all of the facts about the crimes that have taken place and that have been covered up by gangs of predatory grown men who are mostly from Pakistani origin. After Tommy has appeared on the show, I'll be joined by the Voice of Wales, who have also been vocal on this issue. If you want to get in touch, about any of the topics on the show or to suggest a guest, then please email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live. And as always, if you want to join in the chat, there's loads of you today. You can see Mally Bites there. 
um we fat shug whoever that is and hidden in plain spite uh, sp um hidden in plain sight rather um hello everybody there if you want to join in that conversation get yourself over to tntradio.live and click on the chat icon my name is james freeman and this is the freeman report for today's news talk tnt abroad or at home this is your news by staying silent we are part of the problem today's news talk radio tnt hello Gemma. how are you doing today Yes, very well, James, very well. Yeah, it's interesting what you say there. If you're getting constant smears and bombardments and accusations of being a wrong one from the mainstream, then you're definitely over the target. And I, I must admit, you know, I was as guilty as anyone a few years ago of looking at Tommy Robinson and believing uh, everything I was told about him without looking at what he was really saying and doing. And he's been vindicated this week with, with the report that's come out, which says uh, not only was his systematic failings of these poor young children, and they were children, young, young girls, um, it's still ongoing. So nothing's actually changed. So it's it's going to be very interesting to hear uh, what he's got to say today, and 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 you know how measured he can be because it is a horrific, horrific, and appalling miscarriage of justice for those kids. It's lives ruined. Those women, there'll be young women now. They, they'll, they'll never be the same. It's such trauma they've endured in their early years, um, and it went it went it deliberately ignored, just like the victims of the post office scandal deliberately ignored when they tried to report it. Yeah. Now the thing with Tommy is and i think this is probably the main reason why the establishment target him so much is because one he's able to mobilize people um the working classes um but also he's fearless and he's uncovered an awful lot of their attempts to cover things up so i think that that's the primary reason actually why um you know we saw recently before christmas when tommy went to the um one of the um, the marches in London um, against anti-Semitism. Um, he was actually targeted for doing nothing wrong and he was told that he wasn't allowed to return to the capital city. I think it's primarily because of these issues that he's raising, actually the reason that he's targeted, not because of anything else. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. And I'll be listening with, with great interest. And, you know, like I say, I hold my hands up. I was one of the people who thought, oh no, not Tommy Robinson. And now I think, blimey. Didn't I get that one wrong myself in, in a lot of what he's stood up for? And as like you say, he's uncovered it. He's uncovered it. He's done the job of journey. He's done the job of journalism. That's what he said, wasn't it? He was convicted of doing real journalism when they all came after him. Yeah. And look, you know, for people who say now that doesn't happen in the UK, Julian Assange, never been convicted of anything. And yet he is in, you know, our highest, I think it's probably the highest security prison um, in the UK. He's been there for years. Um, all for the crime of telling the truth. Um, so it does go on in the UK. It's not our government would like us to believe that it's only China and Russia where this happens, but actually it's happening right before our very eyes here in the UK. It is indeed. And it does lead on to the story I'm I'm, I'm going to talk about, which is uh, this emergency, and it is an emergency press conference. However, Rishi Sunak wants to dress it up. Uh, this press conference that he's called in the last hour, I've been watching it before I came on air with you. It's about the uh, the Rwanda bill, which has been voted through the Commons. He's, he's had a press conference in the last hour to defend the bill and, and urge the House of Lords to speed it up as quickly as possible. And that is because immigration now is such a hot topic in the UK because of stories like Rochdale. You know, it shows that you bring people into our culture with very, very different 
cultures and ideas. And this Rochdale can be the end result. And Rochdale is still ongoing, as we've heard from the report out earlier this week. So Rishi's taken to the stand and it's a stand with the slogan on it, just like the last four years, you know, we had to stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives and all that rubbish. He's up in, he was up in front of a little stand in Downing Street, stop the boats, because um, that's what the Rwanda bill is all about, stopping the small boats coming across the English Channel. Uh, yesterday, 350 people arrived across the English Channel on boats. So it is an issue that is a real electioneering. That's what this press conference obviously was. He's faced uh, no confidence letters from several Tory MPs that say the bill's not tough enough. He's got up in front of the podium today and got up in front of the cameras and said he's doing absolutely everything. I wrote down some of his words, actually. He said, I'm fighting every day to get these flights off the ground to Rwanda now. The plan is working, despite the thousands of people who were earmarked for deportation to Rwanda who uh, now can't be found. So God knows what they're doing. Um, so it just shows these all of these issues are interlinked, immigration, cultural differences, um, asylum. And, and you, we do know that two of the people in the Rochdale grooming gang were deported straight back to Pakistan as soon as um, they were found guilty. It was in the public interest to send them straight back. Um, that's a clear case of where immigration absolutely did not work um, and, and is not still working, as we heard from the Rochdale report earlier. So Rishi's coming out all guns blazing, but he's still, when asked the question, will any planes take off before the next election? He couldn't answer that one. So still we see no timescale for this. Yeah, but it's all a, a big smokescreen anyway, Gemma, because actually when you look at the numbers coming in across the channel, yes, they're undocumented. We don't know who these people are. So that is a worry, but the numbers are relatively small compared to overall immigration. This year, legal not illegal legal immigration is running at around three quarters of a million people additional people and that's net migration to the uk additional people to the country now look um it is uncomfortable talking about these issues because we have large um pakistani communities in the uk but you know we that we we need to speak truth and and if there is a problem within these communities. And I've heard some of some of the statistics that um, Tommy um, talks about, and we'll talk about them on today's show today. If it is a problem, then we need to talk about it, including within the Pakistani community itself. Um, you know, and but we also need to, I think, be um, a little bit, um, what's the word, sensitive about it as well, because not all people from Pakistan and 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 other minority communities um, that live in the UK, there's millions of them, and you know this is a minority within those communities. Um, it's a larger minority than the crimes they commit within the wider population. Yes, so there's more, but we've got to remember we can't um, let this become some kind of um, you know um, sort of racist. Um, and 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 where people start to target these communities because you know the vast majority of people are good people like the rest of us it's just that there is this cultural problem that's the way i see it anyway um because you know um like i said we've got large communities in the uk and the last thing we want is you know crowds of people turning up and and you know where we've seen in the past where particularly with immigration when uh, a young girl has maybe been raped or something and then you see all of this you know fights in the street between different communities we we don't want that what we want no, we is to talk about this issue and address it we do and that's exactly where we are why we why the problems happen nobody wanted to talk about it nobody wanted to go yeah. near it because if you did talk about it you were branded a racist but there were clearly severely 
awful things going on but we can't talk about it because we might be just we might be just you know branded as a racist well you've ignored paedophilia i would argue that's worse actually i mean i'm, I'm not trying to make the distinction between racism and paedophilia i'm not getting mixed up in the conversation here but the conversation was yeah. never had that's the problem the conversation was never had because people were terrified of, of of talking about immigration even though the problems were right under their nose so yes you're right we need to have the conversation but when is that conversation going to start, because according to the report out this yeah. week, which took six years to happen, it, the problems are still there. That's what the report concluded. The problem, Maggie Oliver, the detective who retired from Great Sir Manchester, resigned in disgust at the handling. She says the problems are still there. She's working with sexual abuse advice, um, survivors firsthand on the ground. She says it's nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So let's kick the start the conversation on TNT. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we're talking about it here today. The other thing to mention here as well is I don't have a problem with immigration per se, but I think um, problems do exist where we've had mass immigration that's been very, very happened over a very short period of time. And we've ended up, instead of people coming here and integrating into our culture and our way of life, we've ended up with um, whole areas of cities and if cities not itself where you have a, a culture that is not anything to do with the british culture it, it's not integrating at all um and i think you know that is a problem um for the country at whole because then we end up with essentially these um also different cultures within the british culture and and i don't think that that really works i think you know recent years have pro proven that that model of immigration mass immigration over a short period of time just doesn't work and it's causing lots of problems um thank you very much for that story um Gemma Friday tomorrow really looking forward to this weekend so look forward to another story um with you tomorrow to the rest of you don't go anywhere because after this short break we'll be talking about this very serious topic with Tommy Robinson stay tuned with me James Freeman on today's news talk TNT TNT's Steve Malzberg. If a president could be prosecuted for things he did, which he believed and was advised by his lawyers, what, what was was the duty of the president to do, and then after the fact, after he's president, he could be prosecuted. The example has come up today many times. Well, when Joe Biden leaves office, he could be prosecuted for not securing the border. Barack Obama um, okayed drone strikes against American citizens overseas. He could be prosecuted for murder. I mean, this opens up a whole can of worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think, is the term that, uh, that Trump used. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Listen. Listen up! Now listen, we gotta talk. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Right. Well, my next guest needs no introduction. Um, hello, Tommy. How are you doing? I'm good, James. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for, for coming back on the show. Obviously, you were on before Christmas. Um, and today, you know, we're going to be talking about something very serious. It is something that you've dedicated many years to now in terms of investigating and uncovering the cover up that has gone um, alongside it. Um, 
We will talk about, um, there's a rally coming up, I think you just mentioned, and also you've got a court case. We will talk about that in a minute. But let's dive into this really important topic. Um, Tommy, these grooming Pakistani grooming gangs, when did you first become aware of this problem? I became first aware as a child. As a child, I had a family relative who was targeted by these gangs. They hooked her on heroin from the age of 14. When the family would call the police, the police the police would say she's a drug addict. She wasn't a drug addict. She was a child who was a victim. They would they they used to view these girls as willing participants, as child prostitutes. Um, the girls were rubbished. They were not protected. So I I know so many girls this happened to growing up. I know so many. So girls I went to school with, girls I, I've grown up with. Um, and yeah, so I come aware of it then. But I didn't realise it was a nationwide problem until I started the English Defence League. And then I started travelling the country. And I started meeting families who were breaking down, who were crying. I went to Blackburn, spent time with a family there whose daughter had been missing for three days at the time. I met a father in Blackpool who... Then when you went, listen to this in Blackpool, the father's daughter was taken. They would ring the father and the son. The Muslim father and son would be raping his daughter and they'd ring the dad. So he listened and heard. These are horror stories that have gone on. Now, we're aware of the scale of the problem of the gangs, but no one's being held accountable who facilitated it and allowed it. That's the shocking thing. That's, that's what's come out of this Rochdale report. OK, police officers let it happen. Social services let it happen. When are they going to be held accountable? Who's going to be prosecuted for this? They need to be imprisoned. You need to send a message because if you want it, you want to prevent them doing this again, some of them need to be put up, they need to be made famous, and they need to face the consequences of what they allowed and facilitated to happen. Yeah, now Tommy, I was um I've done a bit of research on on this area because I, I have to admit it's not something that I've you know I've been aware of it over the years, but I, I I've not really looked into it in detail, and I was actually shocked to learn this has been going on since the 1990s it was first sort of raised as an issue as a potential national issue in the early 1990s um so it's been going on for a long time hasn't it you've just said there that you know this this was going on when you were at school um how has this been allowed to happen tommy do you think the the, the Sikh community were raising this in the 80s the Sikh community, I've found footage of them talking about it, talking about the Pakistanis picking their daughters up outside schools, talking about the council and government's failures to help them at the time. Now, the Sikh community formed a national gang called Sula Punjab, SP, where men volunteered from every temple in the country to come forward and defend their daughters. So if a Sikh girl's targeted, 200 Sikh men turn up in that town. Many men have gone to prison. They, they were forced as a community to defend their daughters because the police weren't doing it. Yeah. Then they left the Sikh girls. They still target some of them. Our, our episode five, we, uh, the, the survivor we're concentrating on until for next Saturday is a Sikh girl. Yeah. But it's been allowed to happen because of a cowardice leadership, because of weak leadership. If anyone ever wants to understand how powerful political correctness is, this is how powerful it is. It paralysed police forces, mm -hmm. it paralysed governments, and it, it allowed them to see the rape and prostitution and torture and even murder of young girls. It's um, Yeah, these stories are devastating. They're sick. And there, there has been, you know, in Greater Manchester. So basically, the police force acted when a 15-year-old girl was injected with heroin by a 50-year-old Pakistani man. She died of a heroin overdose. At that point, the police launched an investigation when you look into this, the police launched an investigation. They identified the men. They interviewed the victims, nearly 100 victims, I believe. They identified 70 or 80 men that were involved in the rape. They they led the prosecution case. Three or four weeks before the case was due to start, the top police officer collapsed the case. He literally deleted it. After deleting it, he got the highest reward from our queen. 
He was given the highest recommendation of reward. There has been a national cover-up of this that is still happening now. No one's being held accountable. The reason why they were so, so desperate to attack, slander and silence us was because every police force in this country has got dirty hands. All the police officers who were who participated in the cover-up of this scandal were rewarded with promotion after promotion after promotion. The same within the Labour Party, the same within the government. They were all rewarded, not for tackling it, for covering it up. Mm. Tommy, I'll tell you what, um, you know, as me and Gemma, I don't know whether you were listening there, uh, my newsreader, Gemma, we were talking just before you came on there, um, and she's admitted, you know, like for years, like myself, I was kind of very wary of you, like I said, when you came on the show last time. The more I learn about all of this, Tommy, I can see exactly why um, you, you're targeted by the establishment is because you're uncovering things which they want to keep very deeply hidden um, from the public. Um, now, Tommy, we're just going to take a quick break, um, but I've got loads more questions, so don't go anywhere. Um, stay with me, right. James Freeman on TNT. TNT Radio News. Big news. Yeah! Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Pakistan has fired a barrage of missiles into Iran in response to an Iranian missile strike earlier this week. The US has carried out renewed airstrikes on Houthi sites in Yemen. The director of the World Health Organization has admitted the agency was preparing for a new coronavirus before COVID-19 arrived. And the family of an autistic woman killed by an illegal immigrant in the US is now suing the Biden administration for $100 million. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Right, and Tommy, um, I grew up in, um, I was in secondary school in the 1980s, and I remember um all of the the racism that was about there and the word paki for example was really derogatory and i grew up with that and um and i think that that has had an effect on me because i still feel quite uncomfortable i must admit talking about these crimes and using the word you know singling out a particular ethnic group but you know this is the truth isn't it and we need to talk about it and i think the pakistani community also need to face up that there is a problem isn't there um now when I've listened to you in the past, Tommy, you've talked about statistics showing that there is a problem. Um, give us some of those statistics, Tommy. Statistics are that Muslim males make up approximately 2% of the British population. When you look at the grooming gang convictions of this, if this type of grooming, not of paedophilia, of this gang-related grooming of large groups of men that know each other, more than two, that target young girls. Now, what the Home Office done was they changed the way they looked at it so then they classed gangs as two people, yeah? So they muddied the waters so you didn't get the reality of the problem. They actually hid the problem so that they mixed the two types of grooming together. With this one certain one, more than two men in gangs, 90% of the convictions are Muslim males, 90%. 30% of the men are called Muhammad that have been convicted for these crimes. That should, and when we, the majority of Muslims in the UK are Pakistani, so the majority of these crimes are perpetrated by the Pakistani community. But I had a look for a speech I prepared in Russia. We have Afghanis, we have Iranians, we have the common denominator by all of these men is that they are Muslim, that they are followers of Islam. And I looked at what the, and this is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for people to talk about. Yeah, it has to yeah. be spoken about. 
It has to be. And and the truth the truth has to be told and the, the reality of the situation. So some people understand how big this problem is. My episode five of The Rape of Britain is in the city of Telford. In Telford, the, the police identified 1,000 victims, five are dead. Yeah. In their police investigation, they identified 200 Muslim men in that town that had been involved in the rapes. When you take the Muslim population of Telford, it's only 1.7%. There's only 3,000 Muslims. Take away the women. There's only 1,000 Muslim men. That means the police investigation identified 20% of the men that were raping kids. Our investigation, with 12 victims out of that 1,000, identified 254 names. Yeah, 254 names. The, the independent inquiry that was carried out recently identified over 300. That means a minimum for 20 to 30% of the Muslim males in that town were raping young children. This problem is far bigger than anyone understands. Now, the police identified 200 men. They prosecuted 11. What about the other 189 rapists? They are literally just doing token gestures in each town. So when you see the headlines, that's a little snippet of the men that have been raping. Why? In this Rochdale report, we find out that 96 identified paedophiles within the Islamic community who have raped our daughters have not been prosecuted. The police have evidence against them. Why have they not been prosecuted? I was contacted yesterday by, yesterday by a father whose 15-year-old daughter was gang-raped in the West Midlands. She was gang-raped. The police built a case. They got DNA evidence, yeah? The week before the trial, the CPS collapsed the trial. That girl went on to kill herself. She left three children behind, yeah? That she, she left three orphan children. That father has never had justice. He was never given an explanation why, when there was DNA evidence, were these men not prosecuted? In episode one, we find out that a thir in episode one, we get a 13-year-old girl who was impregnated. We have a 100% DNA match. We have the records. We know who raped her. No further action. No further action. Like it's some little petty shoplifting criminal crime. This is the rape of a child. This is the destruction of lives of young girls. This is not even about sexual gratification. It's about taking what is most precious to us as English men and taking our daughters away and destroying them. That's what this is about. We hear stories of them urinating on the girls after raping them. Yeah, Tommy. I mean, look, you know, I, I still it, it, I can see why it's uncomfortable um, hearing these facts because it is truly horrific. And, you know, the report that we've seen, um, the reports that we've seen over the years, this isn't just even just a few thousand um, girls, is it? Um, I saw some numbers, um, nearly 20,000, um, some of the estimates yeah. are. And as with yeah. all things of this nature, for every person that comes forward, I'm sure that there must be at least another or maybe even another two or three that hasn't come forward uh, because of the shame and because of all of the other issues around this. Um, Tommy, you've been looking at this for a long time. Tell us about the investigations that you've done that people can go and watch and what you've actually uncovered yourself. So we went to Telford and we spent 12 to 18 months with 12 survivors. Yeah. And I call them survivors with 12 out of the thousand girls that were targeting that town. We spent time getting to know 12. We sat down and done an in-depth investigation. We interviewed them for three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours, sometimes three or four times. We then built a database and went through the names that were given to us. When the men were named by three victims that do not know each other, yeah, we then highlight the men. So we're not taking the word of one girl who says, who has a disgruntled problem with a Muslim man in the town and says he raped her. We've done a coordinated in-depth investigation yeah we then put surveillance on the men we found out where they lived where they worked we, we we put trackers on their cars so we could safely question them because that's what we wanted to do we found out one of the men charlie khan who was one of the leaders who we have got witness after witness who trafficked drug children and raped them he was a spokesman and leader of the mosque 
there are sp speeches and seminars of him speaking out against grooming. Right? Like, how much are they taking libbies? He's in the mosque talking against grooming when he's one of the main groomers. Yeah, we then have a police. We have in, in our investigation, we have images of the police force outside the mosque having their photo taken for a diversity picture. The main groomer, Bugsy, is stood next to the police officer whose job it is to stop these gangs. Yeah, they're together having a photo taken for diversity outside the mosque. We uncover corrupt police officers. We have witness statements. We have eyewitnesses who saw leading police officers sitting, taking money from Pakistani gangs and so forth. Right. Now, tell it's me, do you think, do you, th I mean, the Pakistani community must be aware that this is going on. Are you aware of any leading voices within that community who are speaking up on this and who are actually trying to sort the issue out? You know, it has there, there been an acknowledgement or these gangs were operating in every single town and city. We now know of 65 where they face prosecutions. Not once. There's not one single incident of a Muslim going in and reporting these gangs to the police station. Not one. Not one has come forward as a witness. Not one. Not one. So you have entire workforces. You have entire businesses, kebab shops, taxi ranks where lots of the men were involved. Lots of them were trafficking children. Many of the members of that community, as we've said in Telford, 20 or 30% of the men were involved in rape. How many of them knew it was going on? Not one of them come forward. Again, you have to get into the Islamic teachings to understand they're not allowed to go against their own. Yeah. So that's why I, I believe we have to look at the root cause of this problem. We have to understand if ISIS are on our TV telling us it's legitimate to take sexual slaves, if Boko Haram are kidnapping girls and telling us they're following, they're following the instructions of Muhammad, we have to have a debate and a question. We have to look at the teachings. Why are the Sikh community not, do, not doing this? Why are the Hindu community not doing this? Well, how come the Jews ain't doing this? How come the only community in this country that's kidnapping girls and torturing, there's not one single case in the UK, not one. When a, where a non-Muslim man has raped a Muslim woman. Not one. Not one. Yet we have 19,000 girls raped every single year by these gangs. 19,000. This country yeah. should have... We should have a revolution already. And, and again, I'm going to make... I'm going to stress the point. I grew up in Luton. I know some great Muslim lads. Some of the lads I, I've grown up with and love are Muslim lads who would be, who would be disgusted by this crime. But, the, the, but those people are irrelevant if they're not doing anything about it. And, and for us to tackle this issue... We have to not be afraid of offending them. We have to we have to speak openly and honestly, because what's more important, caring about the offence of some people or protecting a generation of our daughters that have been failed. And what we need to do is hold accountable the men. Episode five, what, what you will see in episode five is going to shock you, shock you. It's going to shock everyone, because what the police have done in this is the girl come forward as a witness. They purposely left her in danger. They refused to move her, refused to help her. Her mother was beaten on her front door. We have all the images. When, when her house was attacked, the police again refused to help. Why did they refuse to help? Because they don't want the girls to be witnesses. They're leaving them in vulnerable positions. This girl left the country and collapsed the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Left the country and collapsed the case. In episode six, we go after the council. We're going to put cameras in faces of the people who facilitated this. We have letters wrote from councillors in Telford to the Home Secretary trying to block the independent inquiry. One of those councillors was in charge of child services. Why would they, what, and, and they're all white, all 10 of these men that signed this, signed this letter trying to prevent the investigation are white Labour councillors. Why would the person in charge of child services try and block an independent inquiry to protect children in that town? I'll tell you why, because they've all got dirty hands. They're all appeased in, they've all been taking money. The corruption level, what we're dealing with and what the parents are dealing with is a Pakistani mafia. Not just a rape gang, a mafia. They control the gangs, they control the drugs, they control the, everything in that town. And they control the police. They control them. 
Yeah, Tommy, I can see exactly why you're targeted by the establishment, because this is a very uncomfortable truth um, that we've we, we are proper. Well, it's not just a truth. It's a problem that we've got in this country, a significant problem that is really letting down thousands, tens of thousands of young girls. And I can see why you're being targeted now, because, you know, they don't want this truth being exposed. And that's exactly what you're doing now. Sorry, go on, Tommy. They, they haven't just targeted me. They've targeted the victims. They've targeted survivors. They've targeted every whistleblower about this. Anyone who spoke out, anyone within the count, anyone who tried to, had their lives destroyed, their business destroyed, their job destroyed, yeah? Their careers destroyed. So they have had a mass national cover-up, and not just national cover-up, an organised attack on anyone that spoke out against it. Slander, demonisation, the bravest girls in this. To think that we, we have had, we're on episode five, of five young women who have showed their face and told and, and bled their hearts out for the story. These women were not believed, yeah? The problem why this was allowed to happen, because no one cared. Since we told these women's stories, groups like Hope Not Hate and NGOs who are funded by our government, who have politicians sitting at the top of them, have had an orchestrated campaign to discredit the women. They're attacking the women. For example, in episode five, the girl in episode five had a baby aged 13. Six men could have been the father, yeah? She was raped from the age of 13. They go on to point out that she had a criminal life when she was 19, 20, 21. Who cares? I'm talking about a child. Yeah. I care about the 13-year-old yeah. that was raped. I don't care. What, what sort of life would you have if you were raped every day for years? What's all, it's like they try yeah. and tarnish them and discredit them. It's like it, it frustrates Tommy. me, it angers me. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can see you, you're, you're very animated, and I understand why, Tommy, because you know you, um, I, I'm just reading about this, and I'm just hearing about this from you. I know that you've actually sat down with these girls, interviewed them, helped to protect some of them as well as part of your investigation. So I totally get why you're um, so animated about this. Now, Tommy, um, we're going to go to a quick break. Um, we've got Voice of Wales coming on next, but can you please just stay on just for a second? Because I know the boys um, want they've got a, a message for you it. to pass on. So if you can just stay for that and then um, and then um, we'll let you go. But um, Tommy, um, I have to say thank you for all the work that you've done. Um, you have put yourself in harm's way. You've ended up in prison um, for, for the work that you're doing as well. So I'd like to say thank you from both myself and TNT for raising this incredibly if, if um, important can, issue. I'll, I'll ask this. If TNT can, the most important thing right now is for alternative platforms like this to give a voice to the voiceless, to have the discussions the mainstream won't. If you have any presenters, yourself, Kate Shermanani, I was going to message her today, that they could send to Telford to not, not to cover me, to understand that this isn't about me, to meet the survivor to interview other survivors that will be there and to uh, and to understand this isn't a far right rally this is members of the british public who are who are who are, who are yeah. worried concerned fearful terrified Tommy, um, let's have a chat offline later, because if you can put me in touch with anyone who's brave enough to come on the show, I'd happily talk to them um, and help, you know, raise this um, and expose some of the things that have um, been going on. So, yeah, well, let's talk off, um, offline this afternoon, Tommy. Right. OK, we're going to go to a quick break now. Stay where you are, Tommy, um, and we'll be back just in a second right here on TNT. When I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee and thought I'll top up with fuel, ordered a coffee. But while I was pumping fuel, I started to get chest pains. Then it got worse and worse and worse. So then I was leaning on the counter thinking, yeah, something's not quite right. So then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really, really hit. And Joy just, you know, mouthed, do you need an ambulance? And I remember nodding. I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack. I just thought something is seriously wrong with me here. 
So when the cardiologist came to see me, she informed me that I'd had what they call a widowmaker heart attack. Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. This is the Freeman Report with James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Right, welcome back. Now, Tommy stayed on because we've now got Voice of Wales who are joining us. And I was out this morning, guys. Um, it was minus five. I know you're in your studio and it looks like you haven't got very much heating because you've both got your coats on. But hello, um, Voice of Wales, Stan and Dan. Hello. Hello, James. Uh, and th thank you for having us on. Can I just say that I was the reticent one uh, with Tommy um, I know that Dan's been a fan for years and years and years, and I, like you, uh, listened to the outside, the, the, all the all the the, the the name calling and everything else. But if anybody deserves a medal now in this country, it's Tommy Robinson. Thank you, Buff. Thank you, lads. That's I, I, you know how encouraging it is to see so many new people, so many people who have come through as alternative journalists, as citizen journalists who who haven't who haven't, I've known what they've done to you in the target and they've done to you guys as well. And to see lads continue and grow is oh, it's brilliant for me. I, I enjoy watching it. So I enjoy watching your content, lads. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in Telford. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you very Absolutely. much, Tommy. Um, and um, good luck. But I know we haven't talked about it, but we can talk about it in, in the future. Good luck in your courts. I know you've got a court case coming up, um, um, I think Thank on Monday or something. So good luck in that. Thank you. Cheers, lads. Right. Have a good show. Good luck, boys. Cheers, Stan and Dan, Voice of Wales. Um, I guess let's start um, on the topic that we've been talking about today, um, the grooming gangs, because I know you guys have, have got, um, you know, you've spoken about this in the past. What do you make of where we are now, um, given that this was first raised back in the late 1980s? Well, it's, you know, I'm similar to quite a few people who's going to be attending Telford and it is we've we've known this you know, all they're doing is confirming what was already known all these years ago the years where you know I was banned off Facebook all the time if you dare mention Tommy Robinson's name on even mention his name people revert into having to change his name on social media so you could talk about him you'd lose your platforms and watching it now as it's progressed it, it is kind of confirming what we already knew, yeah. but at least, and this the, the the saving grace of it all, is that it, it has been forced to the mainstream. The people like Tommy, who have fought tirelessly to raise this issue, um, it's it's finally getting the, pla the, the platform that it deserves. And it's only because of the pressure from these people that we're seeing it in the mainstream now. But, but um, James, uh, Dan, actually... Um, they did a stakeout in in this area, so it's not just uh, uh, um, uh, um, England. 
It's every single city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he did a stakeout. And when we say stakeout, we mean gave evidence to the police. And the police went to this property. And the day after, all the evidence, the beds. Well, it was, it was worse than that, wasn't it? Because they went, we, we, we went there and we were treated as if we were the ones that committed a crime by handing over all this evidence. The police went there when the children were there. This was, this isn't this area. This is in Swansea, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, the police interviewed the children in front of the men while they were there. The children obviously said that they consented, even though they were children and they can't consent. I was allowed to go. But the evidence and the settees and the beds in the morning were all outside the property. It's all contaminated and, and nothing could ever be used. So no charges could ever be brought. And, you know, it's it's been frustrating. It's been a very frustrating yeah. run at this sort of thing. Yeah. But it is finally paying off. And do you think, I mean, that was going to be one of the questions um, that I was going to ask, actually, is, you know, a, a lot of the focus of um, all of the reports are on England, um, particularly um, cities in the north. But, it, you know, it's not just confined to that. We've got, um, I think, Bristol, it was a problem and other cities as well. But here in Wales, I haven't heard much about it. So, you know, how how much of a problem is this in Wales as well? It's it well. The problem is, it's in every town and city. You know that that you you that, that was no exaggeration. I just wanted to mention something that you you discussed uh, a moment ago, and this is going back to 2015, and it was a Mirror um, article, and it was this is 2015. Child sex abuse gangs could have assaulted one million youngsters in the UK, and that's going back nearly ten years. You know, so th this is a, a, a you know it's a it's a scandal at the highest level yeah. because the police are involved, the social services are involved, the health workers are involved, all the the politicians, the Labour politicians are all involved, and and they they've been instrumental in covering up this. You know, they they've known about it and they've covered it up intentionally and that is the the, the biggest stink of all this is it, that they were allowing this to go on it, it is but it's continuing james because of course in wales we've got a child commissioner and guess what that child commissioner isn't allowed to investigate female genital mutilation they are not allowed she's not allowed in fact we've, we're now barred we can't ask her any questions at all um because the figures are going up even during lockdown the figures were 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 um, stable in lockdown, and and that meant that there had to be planning because they had to get the girls to the cutters in Cardiff. Yeah. Let's be blunt: in Cardiff, we've got a female genital mutilation clinic in Cardiff, and the uh, and the child commissioner for Wales doesn't touch it. And when you say you're not allowed to talk about it, is that just she won't answer your questions or is there something more formal than that? No, she, uh, she won't answer our questions. None of the, none of the yeah, questions. She's not taking any more. Uh, and we get our figures. So they're not plucked out of the air. We get our figures from South Wales Police, from Gwent Police, from Dovith Powys Police. from All North, the health boards. All the health boards. And interestingly enough, the most accurate figures are from the police force. So when you say, right, so you've got, you've obviously got a victim in all this, James. You've got yeah. parents in all this, but not one prosecution. Mm. And on top of that, a child commissioner that won't investigate. Yeah. I'm I'm genuinely shocked. I mean, I, I, I've done some research for this show and I've been aware of this issue over the years, but I haven't never really delved really deep into it. But, you know, I watched a part of um, Tommy's, documentary um yesterday i will be watching some of his series the rape of britain um but i'm genuinely shocked that that 
not just that this is going on because you know there are terrible things happening, but the scale yeah. of it. It's really it's shocking, isn't it? And it's harrowing, it James. It's harrowing. I mean, you could you could hear um, even Tommy cracking. His voice was cracking when he was yeah. recanting these stories. Yeah. Yeah. It is horrific. And yet, will it take a four part? You, you know. Um, and, and let's be clear, TV Tommy's series work to, to 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 highlight this. Yeah. And the work Tommy's doing is journalism. You know, it's old. It's what I remember when I was youngster. You know, you'd see reporters waiting to sting someone. You know, and it's the type of journalism that we like to try and do is get people on on the hop, not pre-arranged interviews. And these documentaries, the Rape of Britain documentaries that Tommy has done, they are the best show of journalism that anybody has seen for such a long time because he's got all the evidence. It's all up on the wall. He knows the people. He's got the witness statements. He finds out where they work. He puts observations on them, and then he goes to speak to them and confront them and give them the opportunity to defend themselves and yeah. you know there's so much work that goes into just exposing this you've got to yeah. take your hat off to tommy for that because yeah. the the added i don't want to swear but the added pressure that comes with it just from highlighting this is is enough in itself to call it a day and, and even if you highlight the the fact that on the 27th of this month at telford there's going to be a documentary shown and the girl is going to be there a seat girl as we just learned now a seat girl is going to recant her tale you've got People like hate, sorry, hope not hate. They're going after Tommy Robinson. They're saying, "Oh, uh, three names, Tommy," or "Oh, he's been, he's well, been, he's been accused of this, or he's done this." If you remember the first one, they had the National Union of Teachers there. Yeah, you know, the teachers were there countering a protest where children were getting getting raped, and yeah. and and this is the um, left wing sort of mobs you get. Yeah, and even you know when I advertised this show and the fact that Tommy Robinson was going to be on on X. Um, I did notice a couple of comments from people saying, you know, well, Tommy Robinson, this is just an excuse for his to um, sort of play out his racist um, sort of ideology. What do you say to those people who just will be listening now and just think this is about racism? Watch the documentary. Speak to the the survivors. We've been we've been to every single one of these demos, and we've spoken to every every of the girls that have been there. You know, we've spoken to these people. We've gone out and we've spoken to the men. You know, and we've asked the men about the you know age of consent and things like that. And they will openly tell you how they think because that is how they think. We've done it many times. There's loads of videos of us doing it. Um, you know, and the point is, if these people cared about children then they would be calling this out as well. Actually, in Telford, James, um, it was one of those scoops where I was driving from my uh, grandson's uh, address, which is in Derbyshire, to home, and Telford crosses in the middle. And I heard a call out for people to go and protect um, the witnesses for um, th that have been raped. And I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm only about 20 miles away. So I diverted and I went to the property where um, there were gangs in cars driving past, trying to scare the, the life out of the people that were in that house. Mm -hmm. And I went there and the police were nowhere to be seen. They deliberately uh, boycotted the area so that, a, uh, so that gangs could attack that property and they were threatening to burn it down and stab everybody in that house right okay well listen um i'm i'm aware about it now and i am very concerned about what i'm hearing so this is a topic now um that i'm going to add to my list of topics that i do cover on the freeman report so i'm sure i'll get you guys back on to talk about this now stan 
um we you came on the show recently you've announced um your um prospective candidacy we've got to be careful what we <laughs> say there um uh, for the general election with ukip um how are things going uh, brilliantly uh, absolutely brilliantly the 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 opposition when i said the opposition the labor party plaid cymru have nothing to say they've got nothing to say in carmarthenshire they've got nothing to say in clenetley and the reason why because for 25 years they've run clenetley into the ground and everything can be seen the evidence is in front of people high unemployment graffiti theft drugs uh, alcoholism no prospects no hope and they're going to be yeah. shifted out this time in the general election and how much of an issue because it does it does surprise me um mm -hmm. you know when we've got all these big things going on around the world um whether it's you know the 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 vaccines the lockdowns um and and you know the other sort of weft stuff the 15 minute cities all of this kind of stuff that is actually where the thing that gets the masses really riled up is the 20 mile an hour speed limit um, is that still an issue um, for people um, in the area? Absolutely, James. And of course, if you look at Flanetley, well, you look at Wales, you've got one motorway, which they're thinking of putting a toll road on. You've got the two, you've got the seven crossings, um, the two seven crossings there that they're thinking of putting toll, uh, toll booths on. And you've got the A uh, roads um, that crisscross Flanetley, but also Wales, that they're thinking of, of putting tolls on and it's paying per mile. <clears throat> the war on motorists has to stop and we're making a fight in Flanetley. Yeah. Now, the other thing to mention is obviously in Wales here, um, the arch villain, um, our sort of leader, a communist leader, um, Drakeford, he resigned. Well, he's not resigned yet, but he's announced <clears throat> that he's stepping down. When's the actual election um, coming up? Oh, the, so so for them, it, it's a it's a contest between strychnine and arsenic, uh, Jeremy Miles and and Gethin, um, and they'll pick their they'll pick their poison in May. Is the is the uh, is the yeah. the date for that? Okay. Any any ideas who you think will win that contest? Gethin, I think Vaughan Gethin's going to win it because he's now said, uh, after Jeremy Miles said that he was going to put, promise a review on the 20 mile per hour, less than three days, I think it was, later, he then said there's going to be no review. So Vaughan Gethin has come out now with the next headline saying that he, the people should have a say. So, you know, the, the people the people have the people not had a say with a half a million signing a petition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the other thing to remind people, isn't it, and this is the final word because we are running out of time, is that, look, this was in the Labour manifesto, right? Um, only 47% of people in Wales came out to vote. Uh, there is a lesson in there somewhere, isn't there, guys? Um, and Stan, obviously, you're standing in the election. Dan, are you going to stand? Not this time. Not this time. I'm going to bide my time. I think Stan's got the definitely the, the one um, this time. We'll talk about maybe the Senate elections, but we'll think about that at the time. Fantastic. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, Voice of Wales, Stan and Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. And to the rest of you, don't go anywhere. Stick with us on TNT. Mm -hmm.